you're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart in Tasmania and right across Australia. And each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, where we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have Daniel Mateo in the studio. And uh, Daniel is presenting his 11th episode on the series of Drawing from the Well. Welcome, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, Tabitha. Good to be back. Good to have you here. Um, how was your Easter weekend? Long weekend. <laughs> well, you know, it was a special weekend for me, actually, uh, mm. for a couple of different reasons. The first one is it was Easter, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was also, it sort of coincided with Passover as well, which is uh, which is special. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's special for us to think about the history of uh of, uh, of Passover for the Jewish peoples as well. It also coincided with my birthday. So my birthday was on Saturday. I turned mm. 39 years old. So that mm. was nice. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, and you know, obviously it was a Sabbath day for for us as well, you know, the <clears throat> and uh, so we're able to, to worship God uh, at church and so forth. And, you know, and also my mum came to visit. So, oh, my, yeah, so you my, had a very special weekend for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, really nice. So very excited about it. Yeah. Mm. 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 It's always good to have parents visiting. It's, yeah. it's always just different, you know. Yeah, well, it is because we, we haven't been able to see her for a little while. Um, she's uh, sort of, yeah, been at home and so forth. So uh, she's come you know, down from South Queensland. She's going home today, actually, while we're here um, talking to, to one another. Um, mm. My wife will more than likely be taking her to the airport. So, oh, yeah, but it was, uh, it was so wonderful to have her. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, that's good. Thank you for sharing with us. And um, would you like to share a little bit of um, just a summary of what you shared last week? Yeah, sure. Well, last week we talked about the Bible as theology. And uh, as we've gone through the series, Drawing from the Well, we've talked about different aspects of the Bible. You know, we started out talking about the how, why, when, where, who. Uh, we should uh, we should engage with scripture and communicate with scripture. And, and just over the last few weeks, we've been talking about just different ways that the Bible can uh, relate to the uh, different types of thinking. And so last week we, talk, we talked about the Bible as theology. We talked about how to approach and do theology and get theology from the Bible, um, how Jesus did that. And, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite subjects, actually. So I had a good time uh, last week talking about how to extract those, those ideas about God, you know, the study of God from Scripture. Mm, very. It was a very interesting presentation. So if you missed out, make sure you catch up um, through the Faith FM app or the website. Um, that is faithfm.com.au. And also you can get, if you don't have the Faith FM app, you can download it from the app store. And our show number is 0488-880-891. Um, you can text us any questions, any comments that you may have or any feedback. And we'll be ha- we will happily um, respond to all that. Uh, what do you have for us today? Well, today, Tabitha, today we're going to talk about the Bible as philosophy. Wow, another yeah. big word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, what do you think of when you think about the word philosophy? What comes to your mind? Um, philosophy. I, I think it's like a subject that um, students who studied sociology <laughs> sort of um yeah 
started, but I haven't really encountered this topic much, but I, I'm thinking it's more of um, just like the meaning of life and why we exist, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that now. If, uh, would you like to pray for us as we start? Sure. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Um, we thank you that we're able to be here and to do this uh, program. I pray that you be with Daniel as he's going to share your word, that your Holy Spirit may speak through him. And I pray for us listeners that we may all be blessed by your, by Daniel's sharing and um, that, that we may get the message that you wish for us to get. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, Philosophy is often thought about as something that's it's like thinking about deep philosophical questions, you know, like, for example, what is the sound of one hand clapping? You ever heard somebody ask that question before? Huh, what is the sound of one hand clapping? It's like a philosophical thing to meditate <laughs> upon, you know, to try and figure out the, the secrets of the universe or something like that. Mm. And uh, I, had a, I was talking about this subject to a friend once, and he, when I sort of mentioned that question, uh, he said, "Hmm." He said, "I've got a." I've, he said, "I've got a better question for you." He said, "If a uh, question with a question." <laughs> he said, "If a, if a man speaks in the forest when there's no woman around to hear him, is he still wrong?" And uh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a little bit of a funny way to answer, but. Uh, what is philosophy? Sometimes when we think about philosophy, we think about, uh, you know, a, a certain way of thinking about or doing a certain job. Like um, a teacher might say, my philosophy of teaching is to X, Y, Z, you know, and they'll, they'll tell you about how they do their job and how they think about their job. And I think that's got to do with it. But when we're talking about philosophy, normally we're talking about the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge reality and existence mm. and it's especially using our reason to try and think through these the whys and wherefores of these things so questions like why are we here where have we come from where are we going what's the difference between good and bad is there even a difference between good and bad do good and bad really exist um, can we really even know these things or even know the answers or are we able as human beings to even figure out these things so all of these questions are, are philosophical questions and there's been some big people down through history that have spent their whole lives um, thinking about and talking about these sorts of questions, and they've had a massive in influence on thought. But we don't even realise that our culture, uh, the way that we interact with each other, uh, the way that we interact with professionals and our government and uh, the way that uh, that teaching is done in our schools and all of that is often strongly influenced by uh, these people, these thinkers that have sat down, thought about things, discovered some truth or thought or at least um, imagined that they discovered some truth about the universe and then applied it to the way that, that we think and do things. There's we, Like in the Catholic Church, we think about Thomas Aquinas. Um, in ancient Greece, we might think about Plato and Aristotle, if you've heard of those guys. Yes, mm. I have, yeah. Yeah, in China, you've got people like Confucius and Lao Tse. You know, in, in Europe, there's been Descartes and Emerson and Foucault and Hume. One of my favourites is Immanuel Kant, who uh, who believed that he figured out a way to, to work out what was right and wrong, um, called uh, universalising. There was Kierkegaard, there was Locke, there's Machiavelli, Marx, who had a big influence on socialism, and you could think about the whole history of the Soviet Union and, um, you know, the, the Cold War and everything, you know, strongly influenced by, uh, by Karl Marx as a philosopher. 
um, Mill, Nietzsche, who Nietzsche had a profound influence on a man named um, Sigmund Freud. Have you heard of that guy? Yes, I have. Uh, whose work has influenced all psychology and psychiatry. Mm. You know, um, so uh, Nietzsche's uh, philosophy was uh, was I'm important. Trying to remember his theory, mm. um, the theory of <laughs> Sigmund. Yeah, yeah it's well, kept my mind yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. And so, yeah, there's Rousseau, Sartre, and um, and all of these all of these guys that that have had a big influence on the way that we we think about things and the way that we even um, do thought. So, I would say probably getting really popular in Australia today um, is uh, somebody that's a he's he began as a as an evolutionary biologist, but he's become something of a of an atheist uh, philosopher. And his name's Richard Dawkins. Have you heard of that guy? No. Yeah, he wrote a book called The God Delusion, and uh, so his his ideas are getting very popular here in Australia. And the, his ideas are the, the his answers for these questions are basically mm-hmm. that the universe and life are, are a big cosmic accident. That there's no final purpose. There's there's no final reason why we exist. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, there's no good or, good or bad. In his book, The God Delusion, he said, you know. Um, that uh, that that was the case, and he's made comments before uh, that uh, the universe is at bottom, you know, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. That there's no there's no final purpose behind our lives or behind existence, and uh, and eventually our destiny is is ultimately destruction and annihilation. That's what's going to happen to our um, species if we hang around long enough in the universe. And so what does that mean for the way that people do their lives from day to day? I mean, we really have to ask those questions because we might think about these big ideas and think, well, who cares? What does it possibly have to do with the way that we do life? But mm. but how you think about the world is going to have a profound influence on how you behave, how you treat mm. other people, how you act towards yourself, how you think about yourself. Yeah. So it is important for us um, to think about these questions from time to time and, and how we might answer them. And I... my. My suggestion is the Bible has answers for all of these questions. Mm. The Bible contains within itself a philosophy. And right at the beginning in the book of Genesis, it lays down philosophical foundations uh, for us to make our way through life um, in a way that is uh, as positive. And, um, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about some of those things today. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, I'm just trying to understand. I mean, I haven't read the book, um, and I'd like to read the book by this guy, Robert, um, just to see, just to find out, like how, what his thoughts are, because I'm just wondering if there's no good or evil, then why do we have law? Like, what's the point of having law, and why do people do bad things, and you know all that? Well, that, here's here's a philosophical question that we're going to talk about in a little while, and that what is good and bad? Yeah. Like, what, how do you define that? Mm. You know, I mean, um, if you say that somebody has done evil to me, on what basis do do I declare that to be evil? You know, how can you figure out what's right and wrong? And so those are those are big philosophical questions that we need to, yeah, we need to think about from time to time. Yeah. Mm, for real. Um, our first song is In the Image of God by Sunset Worship. I forget that you 
that was in the image of God by Sunset Worship. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And Daniel is talking about the Bible as philosophy. And um, we have a question for listeners. Have you ever sat down and tried to think wh- about why we are all here? Uh, why do, as women, as humans, sorry, exist? Why do we human beings exist? What's our purpose? What is the reason for our existence? Um, if you have had such thoughts, please text us your response to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and also let us know if you thought about it. What what came into your mind? What reason do you think we exist? Let us know zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we have a free book of offer. It's called The Big Argument: um, Does God Exist? And uh, this book contains twenty four scholars. Um, their thoughts into how science, archaeology, and philosophy haven't um, disproved God. And we'll give you more information about that later on. Um, so, Daniel, in the previous section, you introduced what philosophy is and um, mentioned a few scholars who've um, studied philosophy. Um, what else do you, do you have for us in this section? Mm, thank you. Well, we're particularly talking about the Bible as philosophy and how the Bible uh, answers or addresses some of those big philosophical questions that we really all have to have in place in our heart. I'd like to suggest that these things aren't just ideas out there in the ether, that these are real questions that really matter for us. I remember watching a TV show um, called Find My Family, and it was... It was a really emotional show. I think it was in the um, the mid two thousands, early early mid two thousands. It was on TV, and it was following around people that had been um, adopted that had never met their birth family. And these people, you, they interviewed them, and one after another, these people had this deep longing, and they and they said things like, "I feel like I don't know who I am because I don't know where really where I've come from. Mm. I don't know that story." And because of that, there's a, there's a part of myself that's missing because I haven't met one or the other parent or I haven't met either parent or I don't know that, you know. And it's interesting because quite often they were brought up in very, very loving families, mm. um, you know, excellent situations, and yet they had this this longing within them to know who I am, like where I've come from influences who I am. Mm. I don't know who I am, you know, that that's those sorts of wanderings. It was really fascinating to me to watch this show. If we don't know why we're here, if we don't know where we've come from, if we don't know where we're going, you know, why do we get up in the morning? Like, even if we don't spend our lives studying it like some of these guys, I think we have to have some fundamental answers to some of these questions. And and the biggest question, I suppose, that every human being has got to think about is the whether or not there's a higher power. And, and philosophers spend a lot of time thinking about these things. Now, often not from the scripture. Um, well, almost entirely not from the scripture. They're, they're thinking about rational and um, reasoned uh, arguments for and against uh, the idea of a higher power. But in the Bible, it, there is no argument as to whether or not God exists. His existence is simply assumed. Do you want to read for me um, just the first part of Genesis 1.1? Is that okay? Right at the beginning of the Bible, the very first line. Yes. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't say, here's some reasons why he's here or, or whatever. It's just, here's God, the pre-existent you know, um, eternal one, that there is such a thing as a higher meaning that that in actual fact, it's not just a matter of a higher power, as some think about it. This this power takes the form of a mind, you know, and, and of a person, you know, of a personality in a sense. And so that's 
let's assume. So that's the first kind of philosophical idea that we get from Scripture that um, lays down the basis for everything else. And the second is that there's some there's causality. There's causality in our universe. That you know, there's not blind random forces that are involved in in generating the universe. That there is causality. Do you want to read just the second half of that same verse, please? Sure. Created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God, and then that God created. That this is a God that's creative. Uh, this this is a mind that is uh, thinking thoughts and has plans and purposes, and that has the the power and the ability to 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 take those plans and purposes and implement them um, combined with uh, omnipotence, combined with uh, with whatever power is inherent within God's self, and and use it to generate matter, to generate um, you know time, uh, the strong and weak nuclear forces, you know, gravitation, all of those things that, that hold us together and that, uh, that he has the, the mind and the ability uh, to generate us. And as a result, there is causality behind the universe. There is what we call a final cause or a, or a first cause uh, that we're not, the universe isn't here for no reason. There is a reason behind it and a purpose there. And, uh, and that first cause uh, is God's self. And then and then from the universe, I mean, the the idea of us is addressed also in the same chapter. Would you like to read verse 20, the first part of verse 26 of the same chapter? Would that be okay? Sure. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth." And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Hmm. So God says, let us make man in our image. Let us, let us create humanity. Let's make people. Let's make free thinking, uh, you know, uh, uh, thoughtful, loving, emotional beings. That are, by the way, in our image, there's, there's something about humanity that's separate and different from the animal kingdom. And one of the objections that I have to atheistic philosophy is that it would classify us as just another order of animals, maybe more vicious and more destructive than, than any other animal, but no, no different. Mm. Um, I would agree that we are animals, definitely, but that's not all we are. We're something higher. That there's, some, there's some destiny for humanity that is, um, that is more noble. Mm. Uh, and just because over the last you know, however many thousand years of human history we have proved ourselves to be vicious and sinful and, and to behave in all sorts of evil ways. Um, is another disagreement I have with atheistic philosophy is that it tends to focus only on the negative. You know, when, you know, yes, there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world, but also humanity has proved itself to be capable of nobility mm. and self-sacrifice and um, creativity in a way that the animal kingdom Hmm. The rest of the animal kingdom haven't haven't been able to achieve. There is something different about us. Um, no matter how you classify it, um, we don't operate purely from instinct. You know that we process, we um, sit down and do things like philosophize about why we exist. You know we don't. You don't tend to think. Well, I guess we'll never know until the communication gap is bridged. But you don't t- tend to think about a cat thinking about. You know what is the meaning of my life. You know, but whereas human beings need those sorts of answers in order to function effectively in the mm. world, you know, and so what this tells us here is this existence is not an accident. And and I want to say this in a, in a meaningful way to everybody listening today because there's so many of us with a, I guess a non-traditional uh, sort of movement of uh, of families in the last sort of thirty to fifty years that that more and more of us find ourselves in a situation where 
at least for our parents, our existence was an accident and sometimes an inconvenience, sometimes an unwanted inconvenience. Whereas even though that might be the case for our human parents, we were never an accident to God. He always foresaw us, that we're here for a reason, that we've been created in his image for a, for a real purpose. You know, he, he doesn't do stupid things, you know, that he, he made us for a reason. And we've got a, there's a reason why we're here in the world. And, and if there is anyone out there that's, that's listening, that's wondering, you know, well, why do I even, why am I even here? No, you know, I've got no, there's no point to me being here. I want to tell you that God has got a, got a point and a reason for your life. You're here for a purpose. You know, and that takes us to the next little part of the verse that you just read, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, can you read from um, 3 to verse 29? Is that okay? Sure. Um, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the, all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. So to you it shall be for food. Beautiful. And can you also read for me chapter 2, verse 15? Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah, just over the page. Thank you. Um, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Beautiful. So what we can see in those two passages is that God doesn't just create human beings. And, and there's this idea of a, um, you know, the idea of a, of a deistic God that creates the universe and then just walks off and leaves it and creates people and just walks off and, and leaves and doesn't really care about our day-to-day life, has nothing really to do with us, made us, but now doesn't continue to interact with our life. That's called deism. And I'd I'd disagree with that philosophy as well, because this is a God that creates us for a particular purpose. The first is to reflect his image, to show his love uh, to to others. And uh, and secondly, he gives them a physical job to do. They're to look after the animals. They're to take care of um, the other creatures that maybe don't have the same um, intellectual capacity that they have. They're to care for their environment. They're to steward uh, the, um, the earth that God's created. And um, and that they're looking after after particularly a particular their little patch of their environment that they've got a family um, these uh, these people have got a family and a place uh, that they're to care for to provide for to protect uh, to uphold and so that straight away gives us um, bearing in terms of the purpose for our lives you know mm. that we the way that that those particular principles apply to every different situ- situation and person is going to be slightly different but it gives us a basis god put you here for a reason and fundamentally your 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 purpose is not to just care for yourself it's mm. to uphold to care for and to protect others yeah mm. indeed yeah and that reminds me um I'm still encouraging our listeners to text us if you've ever had thoughts of um, why you exist, uh, why why are you here? Like if you've ever had such thoughts, um, text us what your thoughts were and uh, what came out of those thoughts um, on zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. I was part of this care group um, when I was still studying at Utah's. And uh, this question came up, like, why do we exist? And there's this lady who said, "Um, so we can look after animals, like, you know, dogs. And and I thought, oh, like, I I didn't think, like, it was, oh, well, let me just say I didn't consider it, I didn't expect such an answer. And, but, you know, now just reading 
um, the verse that we just read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 29, about God um, as putting us in charge of the animals, I thought, hmm, now, like, this actually makes sense. And, you know, many people would say, oh, I, I live for a reason, you know, there's something that I haven't achieved. Like, you know, you feel in you that there's something that, there's a reason why you live and there's something that you need to achieve. And because of that, you keep you know, working hard and um, doing what you need to do to get there because you have that nagging, that <laughs> instinct in you. And, um, yeah, that just um, tells you that you are here for a reason. Um, well, the, the great uh, lie that the world will tell us is that the what we're here is for material success. Mm. And so when people feel that hole within their hearts, they seek more and more material success to fulfill it. Mm. And when they don't achieve that, they feel emptiness because they can't seem to fulfill that. But mm. as somebody that spent a little bit of time uh, with people in the hospital while they're dying, I don't find them when they come down to die. And this is when you really think about what matters most mm. in your life when you're, when you're on your deathbed. I don't find a lot of people going, you know what, I wish, really wish I had had the ability to buy that Tesla. I really wish I had had a bigger mm. house. I really wish I had... They don't think... They're talking about their relationships. Mm. And whether it be meaningful relationships with animals or with, um, you know, the, the other creatures in the world or with your family, you know, that that family was a big part of... Um, and, friend, and other relationships are a big part of this stewardship here in, um, in Genesis, uh, that, uh, that your meaning is to be found there, mm. you know, in your relationships with your, you know, your parents, your friends, your, your you know, partner, children, um, you know, your community of faith, you know, that this is, uh, this is what we're to put our lives on the line for primarily. Mm. Oh, yeah. Indeed. We encourage our listeners to still text us what you think, um, why you live, why you're here. Our next song is I'll Go Where You Want Me To Go by Rebecca Moore. Someone who my 
should see Oh Savior if thou wilt be my guide Though dark and rugged the way My voice shall echo the message sweet I'll say what you want me to say I'll go where you want me to go Dear Lord, over mountain or plain or sea I'll say what you want me to say Dear Lord, I'll be what you want me to be There's surely some way a lonely place in earth's harvest field so wide where I may labor through life's short day for Jesus the crucified so trusting my all to thy tender care possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was I'll Go Where You Want Me To Go by Rebecca Mola. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Matteo. And uh, Daniel has been presenting on this topic uh, of the Bible as philosophy. And just um, uh, we've read some scripture passages that talk about, you know, how, how we came into existence and uh, what God instructed us to do and the fact that he actually provided for us. He didn't just create us and leave us. He also prov- he provided food and gave us a meaning. He gave us a garden. Um, he gave our first parents a garden to look after just to so they can have something to do. They can have a purpose. Um, and just encouraging our listeners to let us know what do you think? Why do you think we are here? Why do you think you exist? Um, what do you think is your purpose in this life? 
Um, we were, I was just having a discussion with Daniel when we had a break and we were just thinking about, um, people living legacy and just living a life where you feel you're impacting or on other people's lives. Um, and yeah, what else do you have for us, Daniel? Yeah, it was a good discussion. I, you know, you, you were just sharing about how you, <clears throat> you know, you were meeting with a career coach and, you know, that, that person was advising you that you had to find a way to, to serve in some way to, to fulfill that, that sense of meaning, that it wasn't just about having a successful career, but also about finding a way to serve and that real happiness is found there. And, and I find that to be experientially true, that, uh, that people are most happy, most fulfilled when they're figuring out a way to serve and, and care for other people. In whatever way that looks like, whether it's professionally in a customer service or what, whatever it is they're doing. And uh, if they're figuring out a way to make, to meet other people's needs, then they tend to um, have more fulfillment and happiness, which I find to just be very curious. If we really are here for no reason and, and all of life is a, is a massive accident of, uh, of cells and of, uh, and of matter, and, uh, and, you know, we, we, we arrived here from a principle of only the strongest survive, and, uh, and the idea is accruing resources and power for oneself in order to... To, to ensure your own survival. Why is it that we only seem to be fulfilled with, with sac- self-sacrifice? Why is it that the people that we idolize are those that will give up their lives for, the, for others? It, it just doesn't seem to make sense unless there is a, a mind behind that universe, but not any mind. It mm-hmm. has to be a mind of love. And that takes us to our next point, which is the idea of morality. One of the things that philosophers want to sit down and do is to figure out how do we really know as human beings what's right and wrong? Mm. Because there's certain things that um, that seem to arise from our normal relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, but you can figure out a reason in, in your own justification why they might not always be wrong in all situations. For example, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I quite like the jumper that you're wearing there, Tabitha. You know, mm-hmm. and and I want it. It has a map of Africa. It actually. does. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's patchwork. It's uh, it's a lovely jumper. It's maroon in color, and I'm from Queensland. I like maroon. You know, the, the state of origin and so forth. So I really like it, and even though I know that you want to keep it, mm. who says that I can't take it away from you? Well, the law says it, mm-hmm. but the law can change. Mm-hmm. The law isn't a moral standard. The law isn't an ultimate right or wrong. There's all sorts of cases down through history where laws have been unjust or you know, not been good morally. Mm-hmm. So who ultimately says it's wrong? I mean, you say it's wrong, but your opinion is just as good as mine because I'm a human being and you're a human being. Mm-hmm. So if I want to take your jumper away, ultimately it comes down to power between the two of us. Mm. You know, it's it, my opinion is I should have it. Your opinion is I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So who between us has the most power? We're going to fight over that thing. Mm-hmm. And if I win, I get to keep it and I'm right. And if you win, you get to keep it and you're right. There's no ultimate principle there if there's if there's no, no final cause or meaning in the universe. We can, we can agree between one another for the sake of the relationship. I'm not going to take your stuff. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it ultimately right or wrong. If we, if, is there really such a thing as an ultimate good and evil? And it seems to be that we seem pretty agreed as human beings that there is. You know, I mean, when you hear about a murdered child or when you hear about an abused, uh, you know, lady in a home or something like that, always in our hearts we think that is wrong. Why is it wrong? Well, because it causes pain. Not everything that causes pain is wrong. 
Mm. You know, and a doctor when he performs an operation has to cause pain, but he's doing it to heal. Does that mean you know? So it's not. So pain can't be a good measure of whether or not something's right, you know, right or wrong. How can we figure these things out? And anyway, Immanuel Kant did some good good work, you know, figuring out a way to figure out right and wrong through universalization. But ultimately, the only thing that makes sense is that if there is a final authority that's actually above both of us, what a, a sort of lawgiver that gets to choose what's right and wrong. And whatever that lawgiver's rules are, they're true for both you and I, no matter what our personal opinion are. Mm. If I decide that I want your jumper and you decide you ought to be able to keep it, who is the final adjudicator? Well, it's got to be someone that's above both of us mm. because our, our, both of our minds and opinions are on the same plane. Philosophers call that the ontic referent. And we have that idea in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. Can you just read that very quickly for us? Be okay. Um, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Beautiful. So right here, we've got the basis for God is the, is the, the ontic referent. God is the one that's above both man and woman and gets to choose what's right and wrong. And he sets some clear moral boundaries. And he says, you're allowed to do all of this, but there's this one thing here that you're not allowed to do. And there's consequences if you do that. And he is the one. He's ultimately the only one that can set these rules. Because everything else, you know, you can go to some cultures in the world today where, um, where you know, sexual abuse of children is fine, that that's a part of their culture. Who says that that's wrong and we're right? You know, when you, if you go, went to Germany during World War II, there was a bunch of laws and policies around the eradication of certain groups of people. Who says they were wrong and we're right? Who says it's a, if it's a mat, just a matter of personal opinion. No, because there is an ontic referent. There is a God who's above everybody that gets to make the rules. And, um, and this, is, uh, this is where our morality ultimately is derived from. So the, the point of our philosophy then is to try and figure out what that, uh, what that ontic referent, what that God has said about what's right and wrong, and then try to align our lives to it. Not try to justify what we think is right. Mm. Not try to come up with excuses not try to figure out, well, I can actually take your jumper in this case and it'll be okay, you know, um, because, you know, God doesn't mind in this particular case because I really, really want it. Mm. Or you're no. cold. <laughs> or whatever it is. It's always true. And uh, that's the final uh, morality there we find in Scripture. Mm. The big argument, does God exist? Um, this is a book that has contains um, thoughts from 24 different scholars who have explored how science Archaeology and philosophy haven't um, disproved God. Um, scholars, philosophers, and scientists have grappled with the evidence that God exists or doesn't. Um, today, some of the world's best minds in a variety of disciplines grapple with whether there is any real purpose to our lives. Yet, not only do many scientists uh, believe in the God who created us with purpose, they also understand that we what we do in here and now has consequences in the next life. I'll give you the code to claim this beautiful book. We only have three copies to give away. So please listen. Um, after the break, I'll give the code for the, um, to get the book. Come and Worship by Carly Fletcher next. The Lord who made heaven and earth The 
That was Come and Worship by Carly Flesh, and you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo. And Daniel has been talking about the Bible as philosophy. I promise to give you the codes to claim this beautiful book. Um, the big argument on if God exists. Um, the code is draw eleven, draw one one. Don't put any space. That text that zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send the book to you. Now, Daniel, I believe we are in the last section of today's topic, and you shared in the previous section about the origin of morality and how human beings should live up to the moral standards set by God. Um, what else would you like to share with us as we finish off? Well, throughout the course of uh, of today, we've talked about um, you know the, the the philosophy that arises from the first uh, couple of chapters of the of the Bible in Genesis one and two, and we've talked about meaning. You're right, we talked about morality, uh, we talked about existence, all, all of those things. But that's nothing if we don't know where we're going. And and it's nothing if, for example, our human relationships fall apart. Some of us are very sadly in a situation where friendships have soured. Maybe you know, we might have sort of become a bit reclusive because of mental health challenges or maybe family you know isn't perhaps very supportive and we don't have a lot of positive relationships in our lives you know can somebody like that still have penult- still have some ultimate meaning um, uh, as far as the bible's philosophy is concerned can we know that we're going somewhere positive no matter what situation and what circumstances we find ourselves in and i would argue that yes that that's the case and i I think that there is ultimate meaning to be found in the in the philosophical basis of Scripture, and I just want to show you Genesis one twenty seven. You want to read it for us, and then after that, read uh, chapter two, verse two and three. Thank you. Sure. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created Himself. Male and female, He created them. Mm-hmm. All right. So humanity has been created in the image of God. Both male and female bear the Im- image of God. And um, chapter two, verse two and three, please, Genesis. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Beautiful. And so we can see here, first of all, that God creates this special order of creature called humanity, you know, and that, that this is a free thinking, free feeling, um, reflective uh order of being, something that can grapple with not just whether or not to show affection, but whether or not to choose to love and enter a relationship. And as soon as he does that, he creates another thing, the, the crowning work of his creation, holy time. I don't know if you're aware of this or, no, but or not, but relationships are made in time. You know, you and I are friends, uh, Tabitha, because we get to spend this time with one another each week, mm-hmm. and we're getting to know each other and getting to be good friends. You know, that, so that relationship is is built on the on the block of time, you know, the foundation of time. And why would God create... Now, if we really believe that we've got an omnipotent God that has the ability to create a universe from nothing, why would a God like that need to rest? Well, the answer is he doesn't need to rest. He chooses to. He enters into rest so that he can have time uh, with these beings that he's just created that can reflect on whether or not they desire to enter a relationship with him. You know, a, a, a cat, a dog, they're lovely to have around, they're lovely to, to have a relationship with, but um, they aren't so reflective on whether or not they uh, there's a reason for their existence. They're not so reflective on whether or not they desire to enter into a relationship with you, whereas human beings are. And so 
He's created this holy time. And there was a great Christian philosopher called Augustine. And uh, in his, I guess, testimony of his uh, spiritual journey, he wrote, it, it was a prayer. He wrote a big, long prayer, and it was the story of his journey. And he wrote, Thou hast made us for thyself. He's addressing this to God. And the restless heart will wander until it finds rest in thee. Ultimately, final meaning for all of us is found in relationship with God. And by the way, that's where we're going. If we believe the, the, the philosophy of Scripture, that the final destiny of humanity is not just to be destroyed by our own star, by the sun, as it you know eventually expands and destroy the world and we're all wiped out, or, or you know, nuclear war or uh, environmental catastrophe or something like that, the ultimate destiny of humanity for all those that decide to enter into relationship with God is eternity in his presence. That's what God wants for us. He desires relationship with us, and there's something broken and missing within us uh, until we find that relationship will never, ever feel fulfilled because that was the ultimate meaning and the reason for our creation in the first place. That whoever you are and um, whoever's out there that, that, uh, that might be listening to this that needs to hear it, if you feel that no one cares, I want you to know that there is a God that created the heavens and the earth and that seeks a personal connection with you, that cares about you, and uh, has done uh, from the well before eternity that he planned your life, planned your existence, uh, planned your heart uh, from eternity, and desires a personal relationship with you in this moment. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that wonderful sharing, uh, Daniel. It is indeed something to think about. Um, why do we exist? It's important to know what's our purpose in life. Um, and our free book offer the big arguments uh, about if God exists. Um, the codes to claim that book is draw 11, draw 11, um, text her to 0488-880-891, and we'll be able to send that book to you. We only have three copies to give, so we'll send them to the first three people to text in. And next week, um, Daniel will be talking about the Bible as science. Um, so don't miss out. We have another interesting um, discussion or presentation. And tomorrow we have... Uh, David Maxwell and David will be talking about freedom from guilt. That is also an important topic um, of discussion. So please tune in tomorrow. Uh, David and David Maxwell and Jason will be presenting this topic, freedom from guilt. Thank you for joining us. And uh, wherever you are, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And may God guard and keep you. We're going out with this song. This is My Father's World by Chris Rice. This is my father's world. And to my listening all nature sings and around me rings The music of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas His hand the wonders wrought This is my father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their maker's praise This is my father's world
rustling grass I can hear him pass He speaks to me everywhere This is my Father's world Oh, let me ne'er forget That though the wrong seems oft so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven be one This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven